Welcome to season two of the Love Good Podcast, where you learn how to love what is good so you can become what you love and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons, a community of intentional consumers who curate music and books based on the transcendentals of beauty, truth, and goodness. Join us each week as we sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about media, culture, and what it means to be human. We're so happy you're here. Welcome back to the Love Good Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jimmy Mitchell. You're listening to Season 2, Episode 2. In just a few moments, I'll be sitting down with the one and only Alana Boudreau, my co-host this season. She'll be with me every other episode in between a lot of these interviews with artists and thought leaders. We had an incredible guest last week, Ellie Holcomb. What a privilege to sit down with her. Uh, next week, I'm actually going to announce this at the end of the show, which artists I'll be sitting down with. Really, really excited about that. I've also got a bunch of free stuff to announce that only you will know about. So hang on to the end of the podcast. Make sure you're tuned in all the way to the end to hear how you can access a bunch of exclusive free music that's actually not available anywhere else. And I must say, like preparing these podcasts, sitting down with these artists, it's it's a real privilege for me. Because honestly, these are the things that I love to talk about most. You know, media, culture, what it means to be human. But I have to say, growing in my heart is the great joy of seeing your feedback, of seeing how this podcast for our listener, for so many of you, is, is elevating the conversation in your life, is, is helping you raise your standard for media and culture. So I just wanted to read a few of the reviews that we've gotten recently on iTunes from many of you. Check this out. Uh, first First one, I've always been surrounded by artists who try to force divisiveness into anything they make. It brings a darkness to this world that we just don't need. And I'm so glad Love Good has put something forth to combat that. This podcast is fantastic, genuine, positive. It's so refreshing to find something that actually feeds my soul and empowers me rather than just showing me the next thing to hate. I love that. The very next feedback, the very next bit of review that we got on iTunes goes like this. The Love Good movement is profoundly responding to the deep longing in our culture for beauty, goodness, and truth. This podcast fits flawlessly within that mission. It is beautifully produced, thoughtfully planned, and a real pleasure to listen to. So thank you, Love Good, for being a part of what fills the longing of my heart for the good and the beautiful and the true. I can't wait to see how this movement changes our world. That's it right there. That's what Love Good is about. It's what this podcast is about. I dare say it's what the human experience is really about. How do we encounter the true, the good, and the beautiful? How do we help even our hearts be trained to love what is good so that we can become what we love? This is what today's show with Alana Boudreau is all about. And we sit down really to talk about a lot of the paradoxes of life, like efficiency and joy and productivity and leisure and travel and rest, all these things that are very much a part, especially of my lifestyle, but realizing that ultimately the true, the good, and the beautiful, pursuing them, it just simply gives us an excuse for encounter so that we don't get lost behind our screen, so that we don't actually go through life numb, not living it to its fullest. And I think actually so much of what we hope to be for you and for so 
so many that encounter us, our artists, our patrons, our apprentices, is to simply be a conversation starter. That on our treasure hunt for the good and our pursuit of goodness, that we would allow for a lot of conversations to unfold where people simply begin asking all the right questions about what it really means to be human. So stay tuned. Again, we've got some very exciting announcements that we're going to be making at the end of the show. But for now, just sit tight. We'll be back in a few moments with Alana Boudreau. Says sometimes I wonder if you saw inside of me If you will call up your mama and your friends to report a tragedy But you say Welcome back to the Love Good Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jimmy Mitchell. It's a great privilege to be sitting down for the first time this season with Alana Boudreau. Hello, everybody. I'm back. You are. Yeah. And you've been in and out of Nashville quite a bit the last few months, not just as a content director for Love Good. I mean, actually, it was not more than a year ago you were on stage with Scott Mulvihill yeah. at the City Winery. That's uh, right. That was an amazing moment. You must love this town because you keep coming back. Or it loves you, one of the two. I don't know. I mean, I was actually thinking driving in here. Was it yesterday that I got in? Yes, the day before. I think it's been, even in this past year, I've come down here like no, past couple of years, like eight, nine times. I don't even know. It's been a lot. That's and, crazy. Um, I don't mind at all because I love Nashville. I would live here if I could. Maybe someday. Maybe someday I yeah. will end up. But so, yeah. It's really cool. And one of the things I've always loved about this town is there's sort of an assumption of creativity. There's an assumption that, like everybody you ever meet is probably 10 times more talented <laughs> right. than you are. <laughs> Um, and it's a good assumption. It's really refreshing and humbling. I love it, you yeah. know, and I think yeah. it's been really fun to even watch uh, just the different friendships that you've seen kind of uh, born out of this town, out of this creative community. I just am curious, like, what is it like when you go back to Philadelphia? Because like in my mind, mm -hmm. most of New England is a little scary and a little cold. <laughs> and I know this isn't all true, but like it's, I've never quite felt like I could sit on a front porch sipping my sweet iced tea mm -hmm. in New England, uh, which is my way of saying I've never quite felt at home. So for you, how right, does right. it, how does this sit? This like, uh, yeah. is there that, that much difference in our country from one region to the next? I think there is, actually, because I grew up in upstate New York. I mean, I grew up in the sticks, so it's just totally—that has its own way of interacting. In a good way, I mean. It's like salt-of-the-earth kind of farming community I grew up in. And so— I've been people, in that house, right? Yeah, you have been there. You've oh. been—it's like on the river. It's like Hobbiton. It's really—it's kind of mystical, and it's outside of time, which is both good and creepy. <laughs> um, but— I mean, and that's that's the town I grew up in. It's just uh, you can't go out without, like, seeing 10 people that you know, and everyone knows everyone's business. So, again, good and bad. But as far as the East Coast region, like, I live near Philly, kind of in between Philly and New York City now. And it's like everybody there has somewhere to go, and they're a little bit more harried, and they're more prone to, like, explode with, like, profanity at you. But— they would give you the shirt off their back if I think if need be. So I kind of appreciate that because they're like, I don't know, there's there's just no, uh, they don't pull any punches. 
But I did notice when I first came to Nashville, it was like the first trip here, I went to Trader Joe's because I wanted to get some ham. I don't really know why. I just wanted that. And the lady that checked me out at the register, she she just kept asking me like really loving and kind questions like, how are you today? And what brought you to town? And I got really suspicious because I was like, are you going to ask my social security next or something? But then I realized she was just genuinely asking me how I was doing. And it was just very different from East Coast interactions. Like people, I think maybe, yeah, people feel more rushed up there. So there's less less of those exchanging of just kind of intimacies, like of checking in on how someone's actually doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I have come to love that so much here when I come. Just people are just so friendly. And I, I operate more that way, you know, myself. So, but yeah, there's a definite difference depending on where you are, whether you're in the sticks or in the city or, mm-hmm. you know, so. It's interesting because I definitely have a little bit of that East Coast vibe, uh, like Monday through Friday between nine and five. Like I do actually hold up efficiency as a bit yeah. of an ideal. You're very efficient. Thanks. Yep. Uh, but at the same time, I'm a little miserable when I overemphasize it. You know, like I think mm-hmm. we just decided in the last few days that efficiency is one of our core values as a team. Like just being on our A game so that we actually have the time that we all really want for family and for leisure. And, mm-hmm. you know, that we can even just enjoy more of those in-between moments around an office or a studio. It's just interesting because the South runs slower. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it's a constant reminder that – there is a little bit more to life than the productivity I'm often constantly striving for. Yeah. It's intense. Yeah. yeah. Do you find, though, like um, like the chaos and intensity of, like, New York City, like, some people find that enlivening? Like, I do. I think, I think I'm a little bit – I don't really know exactly. I could totally psychoanalyze myself right now. But chaos, I kind of feel enlivened by it because it's like I've got something to do, got something to order and structure. And so when things are super calm and, like – kind of just mundane I get a little stir crazy so so when I go into New York City I'm like this place is like vibrant and active and it's like yeah you're never quite sure what's around the corner and I kind of like that I don't know if you're I'm the same way and and actually like I can handle it for about 72 hours yeah New York City is so thrilling and then I get kind of like I don't know. I guess I get this anywhere but Nashville. I get a little itchy in my feet, you mm-hmm, know. I mm-hmm. I don't sit still well. I've actually been home in Music City, USA for the last three weeks. I don't even have another trip for another two weeks. That'll be the longest stretch. So just over a month, the longest stretch I have slept in my own bed in probably five or six years. Oh, my right? gosh. Which is intense and beautiful, but I'm an adventurer, like even more than I like the idea of a big city and all the chaos. Yeah. Uh, I like airports. I like movement. Yeah. I like just the uh, opportunity to encounter different people, different cultures, different ways of life. Like for me, I guess I'm a bit of a collector, you know, of like information and ideas and even like people. Like I love people. So mm-hmm. like it's a great source of joy to like have friends all over the place. Yeah. Ironically, I don't have very many friends in New York City. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't get up to big <laughs> cities very often like that. But I can I, I can only imagine like the, the, as you put it, the kind of mystical upbringing, you know, given what I saw <laughs> those few days in Cortland, New York, like yes. there's something really special there. Yeah. Uh, Nashville's becoming a bigger and bigger city. And even as Lovegood, we're, we're growing. And that means we've got to like really guard, I think, against uh, some of that intensity and that focus on productivity. And let's be real, like we've got a mission. We really believe in beauty and culture and all these things. 
but we're still a business, which means we've got to be kind of good at what we do yeah. and we got to streamline things. And so like, it's really exciting to be at the beginning of a new season, this podcast, where we can kind of get back to what this is really all about. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to love what is good so we can become what we love? You know, like the music that we're constantly promoting and sending out to patrons, the books, the artwork, the really cool t-shirt that you're wearing right now. This you know, is a it's cool like t-shirt. we want to be yeah. a conversation starter for people. We want to be an excuse mm-hmm. for encounter. Yeah. Um, but let's be real, a year ago, we hadn't even pieced all that together. This idea of loving what is good so that you can become what you love. Even to me right now, I'm still sitting with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... There's a lot that you could ponder there. But I, while you were talking, I thought of a question I wanted to ask you, which is, it's a weird question. And it really kind of is not profound. But I am going to establish this right now, everybody listening. I really like to ask very weird questions because I personally think that you can get to know a person better by asking them something weird and specific than something vague. Like I'm so nervous. Something vague but safe. You know, like so what do you do for work? You know, it's just, well, here's the question. It's really not, it's not that bad. But when you're talking about how you travel so much and this will be the longest stretch that you've had and slept in your own bed, the question was, when you've been traveling, have you ever gotten into a bed that had like gravel in it? You know, <laughs> no, like with no, the, oh no, that is. What do you mean by gravel? I mean like sheets that aren't clean. Oh, like no, like no. Uh, that's happened to me. Seriously? Yeah, I don't remember exactly where. Was it on the? No, I don't think it was on the Love Good Tour. But I, it's happened somewhere along the line. <laughs> I hope it wasn't. The Love Good I don't Tour. think so. I don't think so. Well, well, well. Then what would be one of the most alarming things that you could find? Yeah, at the foot of your bed. I mean, I have a friend who woke up to a scorpion like only a few days ago. He just moved to Dallas. All right. Oh, so no. for all you Texans out there, how do you do it? Yeah. You know, when I lived in Honduras, this would be probably the craziest thing. This was one summer of my life living in Honduras. We actually had this netted thing. It was like a contraption that came down out of the ceiling and came over us a bit like you'd expect like the top of a coffin to. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like kind a of shroud. Weird. Sort of like a shroud. And it would keep the scorpions out quite That's... literally. One day I woke up and staring at me through the net was in fact a poisonous scorpion. Ew. And it oh, would man. have been very uh, easy and, and it wouldn't have been much for that thing to have uh, nailed me in the night and uh, and died? taken my life. They, I mean, I don't know, but they were <laughs> they were her- heralded to be quite poisonous. Well, but really, though, for you personally, would it be like, what would be something? Like, would it be a piece of food? Like, I don't know, a In sandwich, the sheets? Like, like just the grossest sandwich, thing ever to find? Tuna sandwich, a tooth. What? A tooth would freak me out. <laughs> I think a tuna sandwich would intrigue me. Uh, a tooth would freak me out. Did you ever see The Godfather with the, the horse head in it the bed? It has been a long time. You should revisit it. <laughs> it's very violent. Uh, I did. I closed my eyes through quite a bit. Wow. Of it. Okay. But that um, that's not what made me ask the question. But I just thought of it because that's a very obviously iconic scene where. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to get messed up with mobsters. It's true. And, you know, when you're traveling, you just never know who you're going to bump into. You don't. That's part of what makes it fun, though. You never yeah. know exactly what your lodgings are going to be like or <laughs> what kind of food you're going to get it's or true. conversations you have. And, yeah. Actually, I remember this was just a random memory I had one time. So for folks who might not know, Jimmy and I were on this crazy love good tour many years ago. 
how many cities did we visit over how long? It was like— Oh, that first summer? The first summer. Summer 2013 was 45 cities in 60 days, as far west as L.A., as far north as Boston, as far south as Tampa. It's kind of crazy. I vowed I would never do it again, but I'm like kind of wanting to do it right now. (laughs) I'm feeling it, you know? But I remember because we all crammed into your SUV or whatever that was that you had at the Mercury time. Mercury Mountaineer. It is. It has since gone out of uh, the oh. industry. You can't even buy that car anymore. Wow. Yeah, it's gone. Well, it was like a one of its. Well, I mean, yeah, it was. It was the the final vestige of of a a great line of cars. But anyway, <laughs> I just remember, you know, when you're in a car with a bunch of people, you'll have times where everyone's talking and laughing and conversing. Then you'll have times where everyone's kind of sleeping, and and I just remember. One time we were dri- you were driving, you were taking a shift, and I believe it was Josh Berry was up front next to you, and he was asleep too. And I, I kind of woke up just enough to see you like put some music on that you really were enjoying, and you had a banana, and you peeled the banana, and you were eating it, and you took the peel, and you went to throw it out the opposite window, like Josh's mm. passenger window, and the window was closed, it turned out. Do you remember this? I did this on purpose. I knew oh. that the wind. No, I knew that it was. You did? I thought it was. I have no idea. Because it fell on him, and he woke up, and I like. I just started laughing so hard. Oh, I, I almost cried. I, I I was sure that you just were so in the zone that you thought the window was wide open <laughs> as you threw the banana peel. And no. Do you remember that? Yeah. No. No memory of this. Oh, no memory. But I believe it. Yeah. I believe and it. And you laughed pretty hard too. If I mean, and Josh was do. a good sport about it as well. If I laughed, that means I I really did mess up that day. I did not know the window was up. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he was a good Josh. Is uh, he usually can find the humor on yeah. pieces of fruit falling on his head, like unexpected times. It's classic. So, and I have to say, like it's it's that summer, and actually every summer since, which has become increasingly this kind of global experience mm-hmm. for me. You know, traveling all over the place. I'm always like this is sort of what I think a lot of our listeners are after. You know, I'm always in kind of this hot pursuit of the good. The true, the beautiful. Like I'm, I'm pretty crazy about not just like understanding those things. Honestly, as much as I pretend to be an intellect, I, I'm not. Like I'm a, a much more of a lover than I am a thinker. Mm-hmm. I like to think and I like to understand. But at the end of the day, I also maybe most importantly just love to encounter. And this is kind of what beauty, truth, goodness they they condition us for encounter. Right. Mm-hmm. We've really only got a few minutes on this episode to just maybe briefly give people a taste of what's to come. You know, what does it even look like to raise the standard, to maybe like hone in the appetite a little bit, to not settle, you know? It's funny because I guess I've learned more from the most random people in my travels than I could have ever expected. You were just talking about that earlier today, that like sometimes you see virtue or you see goodness in the strangest of places, Yeah. you know? yeah. And that's really cool. And that's kind of what we want to do this right. season. We want right. to go on a bit of a a bit of a treasure hunt for for the good. Yeah. And to really like wrestle with, as you often put it, that gray space, you mm-hmm. know, because things are mm-hmm. not always as black and white as we think. Yeah, very rarely, I think, actually. Which mm-hmm. I, I think that even a couple years ago, that would have made me squirm because mm-hmm. I was very, I guess you could say, uptight for a long time because it was safer. Because then I could predict the narrative, you know, of my life Mm. and the people I encountered. But I am really thankful, though, that I'm at the point in my life where I've been leveled enough times where I'm so much more open to color Mm. and contour Mm. and meaning and movement where it might not 
I don't know where where it's going to surprise me because I think somebody said it somewhere that habit is often the enemy of true growth. And it, yes and no. It's like you need to be disciplined mm. in a lot of different ways, like especially if you want to get fit physically, um, emotionally. You, you know, you have to do certain things repeatedly for that to happen. You know, but I think you can get so focused on the game plan, you know, and the nuts and bolts of what you're doing in order to get some end result that you totally fail. I guess to be like receptive along mm. the way to like, if that makes sense, if hopefully that makes some sense. Like it does, you know, and I know forthcoming one of our conversations will be about chaos and order. Yes. I am naturally chaotic. So I impose a lot of order mm. on myself, mm-hmm. you know, that's um, a big state. I'm naturally chaotic. There's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot there. What does that mean? We have to do My dig natural into state is chaos. That's just a taste of what's to come people. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think this is interesting, right? Cause we are all kind of pre- predisposed differently. We talk a lot about temperaments around here, and I am kind of a big freak fan of Myers-Briggs. I love understanding why I do the things that I do. I actually love even more understanding why other people do what they do. Like whenever you go around in a circle, you know, and everyone's like introducing themselves and their superpower of choice, Mm -hmm. you know, for Mm -hmm. me, it's always like I like to be able to read your heart. And what that means is I like to know you better than you know yourself. That could be really creepy, really manipulative, (laughs) or it could be like this really cool, again, occasion for encounter to bring out the best in people. Mm -hmm. So over the next, what's it going to be? It's going to be like, I think we're shooting for 30 episodes this season. Uh, Every other week, we're going to be sitting down, you and me, Alana, and chatting about like, you know, books that we're reading, music that we're listening to, films that we've recently seen, and not reviewing them in the way that we would normally expect, Mm -hmm. but really thinking, okay, what does this actually tell us about the true, the good, and the beautiful, about the human experience, about how I can live with integrity and joy. Right. And then to really unpack that. And yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. pretty pumped. Like our list of topics right, is inspiring me. We're also going to talk about like, I mean, I think we should talk about dark matter mm. and language and the difference between being right and honest. Mm. And, and none of these things are mutually exclusive. That's mm. the great thing about life yep. and interacting with other people. It's like... Yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to see where these conversations are going to go, I'm you too. know, for both of us, too, and our listeners, because I I don't have a huge game plan, which just <laughs> makes me a little uncomfortable. Like I was saying to you earlier, it's like part of me wishes I had notes and notes and notes of like totally airtight, beautifully crafted things to say that would make me sound brilliant, but probably is going to be a little stumbling around as I try to figure out what it is I'm trying to say, you know, I've which I think is good. I've never seen you stumble, by the way, with your words. You are a wordsmith, Alana Boudreau. Oh, well, thanks. This is going to be good. I mean, this is going to be really good. You know, good. though, this is something I'm going to share with you. This is a <laughs> vulnerability. <clears throat> there are some words that I never say aloud because I'm not sure how to pronounce them. <laughs> and I'm that self-conscious and like maybe arrogant that I can't. That is so embarrassing to me. Like there's the word... So, in, interstices, interstices. Now, that word, I never knew how to say it aloud. I, I've never heard that word. I've never read that word. Really? Interstices. In, interstices. It's like the, <laughs> it's like the in-between shafts. So, it's, it's like, say, if you step into a room and you see the sunlight coming through the window, just hang with me, and you see it like coming through a blind. Yeah. Those are the in, in Interstices are the <laughs> or interstices toxin. We're not sure how to say it in the plural. Well, you, you get the idea. But I, I kid you not, I had to say that word in some way because yeah. I 
had a word or I had a thought and, and I realized that word fits exactly, but I didn't know how to say it. So I spent the whole day rehearsing interstices wow. aloud as I walked around because that is my kryptonite is mispronouncing a word. Have you ever done that? I've got one. I did hook it on phonics once and I, I got stumbled on physician. <laughs> you, Can you see how you hooked that was it on phonics. right there? Yeah, isn't that what it's called? Do you mean you got hooked on phonics? Isn't that a thing? Hooked on phonics worked for me. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I <laughs> didn't actually have to do that. <laughs> okay. um, just stealing a little joke from Brian Regan. But I think okay. physician okay. Yep. is only like a year old as far as a mastered, articulated word. I would avoid it. I would say doctor. I would say anybody to describe a man in the white coat who goes in for surgery. Yeah. I would avoid the word physician well, at all. Phys- see, you- I just did it. Physician. I don't know. I just can't do huh. it. It's a hard one. I struggle with anonymity when I see it written down. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to look at it. So these are the things. Even <laughs> yesterday, we were talking about like the power of a word. I bet you we could do a whole yeah. conversation about the power of a word. Logos, you know. So mm-hmm. guys, we're so pumped that you're tuned in. This is going to be an incredible season. Uh, shout out to Janae Trudell out there in Saskatchewan. I don't even know, actually, at the moment. She's in Prince Albert. I think that's still in Saskatchewan. She was our co-host last season. We miss her dearly. She and Alana have many things in common. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of them is their Canadian root system. Yes. And their way with words and their way of living the human experience in such a way that captivates people like me seven years later. Just cannot wait to have these conversations and explore the depths, again, of what it really means to be human, how we can love what is good, you know, we're, we're assuming everybody out there is a person of goodwill. We don't know if you're a person of faith. We don't know if you're a person, you know, striving after um, the, the beautiful at every moment. We have no idea what your doctrine or your creed is, but our, our sincerest hope is that we can go on a journey towards the good, mm-hmm. that we can really understand what it means to be human and orient our heart, orient our lives towards that good so that we can become it and in becoming it, change the world. Um, the Dreamer in Me just came out. We got to close out. Alana, cannot wait. Likewise, Jimmy. Here's to a here's to a great season. To say loneliness isn't enough. To be lonely would not be so rough tonight. It is better to love and have lost. Should I scream at the top of You're listening to Crowded Lines by Kevin McGoldrick, an exclusive Love Good video currently only available on YouTube and Facebook. So check it out. The last time we released a video like this was Scott Mulvihill. Before we knew it, it had half a million views. All right, so we're figuring out more and more how to go viral online. Very exciting, but we need your support. We need you to share these videos. We need you to retweet them. It makes a big difference, and it really is what we're about. We want to rally behind these kind of artists that we believe in, right, that lead with beauty, that are rooted in truth, that actually want to transform culture. Whether you realize it or not, that the way that we spend our money, 
the way that you spend your time. That is your vote for the kind of culture that your kids are going to be raised in, your grandkids are going to be raised in, maybe that you're being raised in. I don't know. I I don't know. Last time I checked, there's a lot more people going to Beyonce uh, sold out arena tours than, I don't know, Scott Mulvihill house concert tours, right? Uh, By the way, that guy's opening up for Lauren Daigle. Pretty exciting stuff. Make sure you're tracking him. In fact, a lot of the artists that we're bringing into the studio, they're really at the beginning of some exciting peak moments in their career. So now's the time to wrap behind them, to get behind their videos, to get behind even their free content, which reminds me, this is the special announcement. You are the first people to find out anywhere that, in fact, uh, we're releasing a fall sampler with a bunch of exclusive tracks that cannot be found anywhere else. And you're the only ones to know the link as of today. Lovegoodculture.com slash free. You can download a whole album full of music that you actually get to keep, not even just stream, you can keep it forever. I know that's a thing of the past, right? But you can keep this music forever. You can't find it anywhere on Spotify or Apple Music or other places where digital music is sold. This is it. So check it out, lovegoodculture.com slash free. Tune in next week. We're either sitting down with Annie Moses Band of bluegrass gospel sensation or Matt Marr. I know that sounds crazy. Two very different artists, both of whom have become incredible friends through the years. We've got interviews lined up with both. I don't know which one's going to happen first. Next week, one of them will be in the studio. Again, continuing this dialogue about media, culture, the art of being human. We cannot wait to see you guys next week. Hope you're having an incredible day today. And as always, Keep it real out there as you love what is good, become what you love, and change the world, guys. This is an amazing, amazing moment in in history, and we get to be in the front lines of it. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Season 2 of the Love Good Podcast. Tell your friends all about us. Stay in touch on social media, and be sure to stop by iTunes or Stitcher to give us a review. You can join our movement today by subscribing as a patron at lovegoodculture.com. Start enjoying our seasonal packages that will raise your standard for media and inspire you to build a better culture. We can't wait to accompany you as you change the world.